When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. We've made it to another Friday. Welcome in. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal sitting in next to Damon Barr. Chris Schmidt still down in Arizona. I saw him today posting videos from the golf course. And uh, I tell you one thing, it looked warm down there uh, as just uh, jealousy. Jealousy abounds for me. I mean, 40s. I can deal with it. We've talked a lot about the weather just because it kind of feels like the start of spring once again. Um, but Chris has just jumped, jump started all the way to summer. It's got to be like 80 degrees down there on the golf course. The grass looks green on the golf course. The greens looked well-maintained and beautiful. It doesn't look like they had to shovel it just before you hit your putt. Um, that's what you got to do here in the, the great city of Lincoln. As uh, This is just February. It's what we've, uh, we've grown accustomed to. I mean, I've lived here 22 years just about, 22 years and about two weeks and um, February is by far my least favorite month in the state of Nebraska, um, especially with how Nebraska basketball is playing. We'll get into that here in a second as the Huskers fell last night to number five, Illinois. Um, we, we got a full show planned for you as Derek Peterson's coming up here in about 15 minutes. Uh, Derek Peterson coming to talk a little uh, Husker women's basketball. We'll talk about the men here in a second. He'll uh, discuss a little bit of the women's team uh, as they also fell Wednesday night to Minnesota. Uh, and then we also got, coming up next hour, Bill Dolman and Greg Smith. Greg Smith coming in for a little recruiting recon. And Bill Dolman, uh, the pride of Fairbury, uh, coming in for his usual Friday afternoon segment. That's uh, coming up at 5.05 next hour, the leadoff next hour. So we got a full show planned for you. You can get connected with us on Twitter, at ESPN Lincoln. That's where you can tweet at the show. You can also tweet at Hale Varsity. We don't have the keys to that account, Damon and I, so if you tweet at Hale Varsity, uh, we're probably not going to get back around to you, but you can feel free to tweet at them. Uh, maybe some of our friends over there that are uh, that are running the account can get some uh, some a- questions answered for you. You can also throw it in a mailbag, but you can tweet at our show, at ESPN Lincoln. You can also tweet at Damon Barr. Um, as it sounds, except that bar is two R's. I, I say that every single time, but you'll you know you know it's Damon Bar with two R's, and then Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essences. That's where you can find me on Twitter. Tweet at us. Go like our tweets. Go follow us. Whatever you want to do. Uh, that's where you find us. If you want to call the show, be on the show. 402-466-3776. 402 uh, 466-ESPN if you know how to use the, the numbers as opposed to or the letters as opposed to the numbers. I think it's an easy way to remember. Or 1-800-825-5865. Lots of ways you can get connected. Damon, before we get into Husker basketball, how are you doing? 
I'm doing great. You were talking about uh, the the green grass down in Arizona, and I, I've just started to see my grass for the the first time this week in months. So uh, some some parallels there to yeah, connect. I, I forgot what it looked like to be honest with you, and I'm a guy who I pride myself on my lawn, at least the front lawn. The back lawn nobody sees. Like can can take a day off in the back lawn, but there's no days off in the front lawn, especially once the summer comes around. Uh, so I, I got to start thinking when, when's the right time to start planting my grass seed. Uh, to make sure my lawn's looking nice and full this summer. Because, like, on one hand, you're looking at high 60s, low 70s. That's whenever I'd personally want to start planting my grass. Um, I mean, we're still probably a month away from when I'm going to want to start planting it. But I, I'm always scared of that that late or that early spring freeze uh, that's going to bite us at the end of March. That's what I was discussing yesterday, March in like a lamb, out like a lion. If I'm planting grass seed... I don't know. Maybe there's some people out there who are uh, who are smarter than me when it comes to growing grass. I'm still young and inexperienced. This is only my, I think, going into my fourth summer now with my own lawn. Uh, so, still got a lot to learn. But that, that that's what I'm looking at um, going ahead for the next month. Is when do I plant my grass seed? It's things most 22 year olds care about more than anything is how the lawn looks. Uh, that's what I'm looking at. Um, but we should get into some Husker basketball news as they fell last night to Illinois. Illinois, obviously a very good team as the Huskers can't get it done. They lose by, let's see, I think it was 16 points, 86 to 70. Should know that. Should have checked that before I started. Did you know, Damon, am I correct here? I I, I shut off the end of the game as as I think most Husker fans did. Yeah, 86 to 70, Illinois gets the win. Uh, I, I didn't watch after Illinois, I think, reeled off nine straight points a few minutes into the second half. And... It just, you had that feel. It wasn't going to be Nebraska's night. Um, They didn't look great in the first half. Uh, Illinois was getting points whenever they wanted in the second half. I think Illinois put up 51 points uh, in the second half. And we were discussing uh, on the show yesterday that it was fun to watch Nebraska basketball Wednesday night because despite the loss, Teddy Allen had 41 points. And the team looked like they wanted to be out there, uh, at least for the second half they did. Um, But last night, just tired all around. Tired on the defensive end, tired on the offensive end. Teddy Allen never got into a rhythm, only scoring six points. Uh, that was another thing we talked about yesterday when we were previewing this show was, can Teddy Allen keep the hot hand going? Uh, simple answer, no. Only six points. Uh, the starters as a whole looked disjointed. Uh, three or Thor came in and gave some good minutes again, uh, but just wasn't enough. Nebraska looked outclassed. Damon, did you actually get a chance to watch this game, or uh, were, you, were you like me and shut it off? Unfortunately, I, I was too busy last night with uh, some some schoolwork to watch the game, but I, I made sure to keep updated on my phone, and uh, I checked the score. We were down by, what, 10 at some point in the first half, and I was like, okay, this is this is manageable. And then I see Teddy Allen has two points. Um, Latmayan, he, he ended up with zero points at the end of the game, as well as Storr. Offense just didn't seem to click last night. It, yeah, it's kind. Of, you could definitely tell there's definitely that exhaustion factor playing into this, especially after such a a hard fought game against Penn State. I I think I was expecting something along these lines, but but not quite this rough from the Huskers. Yeah, and on one hand, I hoped for more, but after all the things we discussed yesterday. I really shouldn't have expected any better from the Huskers. It wasn't a cover. Uh, Io DeSumo was out, and that was the little bit of hope, maybe. Um, but Kofi Coburn was just dominant. His his final stat line will indicate that to you. Um, but there was really nothing they can do. Derek Walker said in his post-game press conference uh, that that dude was just a monster, essentially. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but he was a monster the first game. Uh, that 
Nebraska played Illinois, and then this time around, again, just seemed like there was nobody in the post that could physically, physically stand up to him. Uh, the effort was there, I think, from from Derek Walker. That was one of the, the guys I saw last night who he always gives good effort, and, and that effort was there last night, but it's just not enough whenever you're going up against someone who's seven foot 285 and is probably going to be playing in the NBA next year. Fred Hoiberg kind of got into uh, the mistakes that his team made last night and, and what led to the loss, what was at the heart of the loss. And really, whenever I look at it, I saw effort issues, uh, and not that I can even be mad at the team for that whenever they've had this brutal stretch of games. Uh, they're tired. they got tired legs. Uh, it shows just about every single second half now where the Husker team comes out all right in the first half that they'll hang around, but then after halftime, it's just tired legs. Fred Hoiberg uh, discussed that in his postgame press conference. Just I never thought we got into a rhythm tonight, Chris, and you know I, I thought early on, you look at our numbers, I thought we played much more selfish than we had been, and... Uh, we just couldn't get anything going. We got a group out there. I thought that had some good movement going, got us back in the game. I think we cut it to six uh, about uh, right before the first media in the second half. And then we had the flagrant and just kind of went downhill from there. Uh, you know, we did cut it back to 11 on a couple of different occasions, but we just couldn't climb back in to that game, cut it to single digits to give ourselves a chance. You know, the keys we talked about going into this one were taking care of the ball. We just continue to have careless, mindless turnovers driving into the pile. And, you know, the problem is I take a guy out for it and I put the next guy in. And does the same damn thing so you know it's frustrating uh you know to continue to see that happen you know the second half was a little better i think we had five uh in the second half but you turn it over 12 times in the first half and you dig yourself such a hole and i think we had three assists you know it's we've been getting much better movement but it just it wasn't there tonight our edge or you know the juice that you have to play with against a team like this coming off a loss uh we knew they were going to come out um you know foaming at the mouth and we just didn't match their energy i thought early in it and that was one of the things we discussed yesterday was, again, Illinois coming off a loss. And I said that the key for me was you had to have a game where you had all five starters kind of hitting their stride at the right time, hitting it together and playing within themselves. And that was clearly not the case last night. Hoiberg went to the bench. The bench wasn't doing much either. Uh, it, it was just all around a forgettable game. And, and the, the disappointing thing to me is I was forced into shutting it off. Not that... Nebraska was so far out of this game that it was uh, it was embarrassing to watch. It was just one of those games where you knew even down 12 points, Nebraska's never getting back into this. The offense wasn't there. The, the defense wasn't there. Sloppy offense. Sloppy defense. What's more to say? Um, the, the, the question that uh, was asked to Hoiberg uh, postgame, uh, again, uh, was, was this a, a Nebraska issue or is Illinois just that good and you know, with their number five ranking, that's a good team. Um, but after Nebraska's valiant effort against them last time around, you thought maybe this is an Illinois team that Nebraska actually matches up well with. Uh, but I think last night showed that the first game was just uh, an aberration for Nebraska. It was just Illinois wasn't playing great. Nebraska was playing above their level. And I think Illinois showed their level last night. Well, they are the fifth-ranked team in the country, Sam. So, yeah, I'd say they're they're a very good team. Um, and, you know, listen, uh, Kofi's a, a unbelievably difficult matchup, and especially when he's knocking out free throws like he was tonight. And then Miller got it going. I thought we had a couple closeouts. We didn't quite have the urgency that we needed, uh, you know, to make him put it on the floor. We talked to our guards over 70% of their shots, you know, with those perimeter guys or threes, and you got to make them do something they're not used to doing. And then I thought, uh, you know, Curbelo had an unbelievable game he controlled it and um, you know almost ends up with a triple double but again just you know the overall urgency early in that game Sam you could see it it just it wasn't where it needed to be 
And, and the, the telling stat to me uh, was the turnovers for Nebraska. Uh, 14 for the Huskers. They generated 13 from Illinois. Which, you look on the bright side, but Illinois was able to capitalize on Nebraska's turnovers. Nebraska not able to capitalize as well on Illinois. And at the end of the day, the tired Nebraska team, you got to move on. You got to regroup. You got to reload. Because you got another very good team coming to uh, Lincoln tomorrow. That's Minnesota. And not to mention, it's Nebraska's senior day. You got guys like Three or Thor Bjarnason. It's his senior day. <laughs> he feels like he's been here eight years. I think I saw something. He's played with 43 teammates uh, yeah. during his time in Nebraska. He, he was at the uh, the podium today uh, for the, the presser. They, they had the seniors that were going to be honored for uh, senior day tomorrow uh, speak to the reporters. And he said, I think it's something like 40. And uh, when I heard that, I went, okay, 40. Yeah, that's a bit of an exaggeration. Um, but then credit to Husker Hoop Central on Twitter. They wouldn't actually tabulated all the guys that he's played with in his time here. And it is 43. Four years, 43 guys. He's averaging 11 a year, just about. I mean, this this team is completely different from his freshman year. Uh, whenever the Huskers were in 20-plus games, uh, went to the NIT. I thought had a damn good argument for the uh, the NCAA tournament, but ended up in the NIT. Since then, it's Nebraska basketball done. I mean, I don't feel bad for Thor. He, he's been a mainstay, and I think he's been a very necessary piece. And... He's been an important six-man, I think, this year, coming off the bench and providing a spark whenever the team needs it. He was the, the Derek Walker before Derek Walker uh, rejoined the team. Uh, credit to Thor for sticking it out all four years. Uh, always been one of my just favorite players to watch just because of the energy he brings. He always cuts well. Always seems like he plays hard when he's out there. The other two they're honoring tomorrow, Kobe Webster and Derek Walker. As for Derek Walker, not technically a senior. He still has another year of eligibility. Uh, he was Fred Hoiberg was asked post game or not post game, excuse me, uh, in the presser. Uh, I think it was by Robin Washett. Is oh Derek Walker's being honored? We, we, this comes as a surprise. We were expecting him to be around next year, and, and it's not uh, Derek Walker's going to be gone next year. They want to honor him. He's the first in his uh, family to graduate college, which is obviously a very big accomplishment. So they want to honor that now. They haven't discussed next year. Fred Hoiberg says he expects Derek Walker to be back after only playing in what twelve games this year. Uh, so really hasn't had that much time to play in his Husker career. You'd expect another year out of him. But then again, he has graduated, and after the year Nebraska has this year, he has the ability to, to grad transfer immediately eligible wherever he wants to go. So Derek Walker is going to be honored on senior day tomorrow, as well as Kobe Webster and Thor Yurthor Bjarnason. Coach Hoiberg discussed Minnesota and the threat that they bring uh, to Nebraska because this is a team that's better than their record. Uh, that that speaks to the, the quality of the Big Ten this year. And Fred Hoiberg touched on that this morning. Yeah, it, you know, it starts with Marcus Carr. He's one of the most dynamic players, not only in our league, but in the country. And they've had some incredible wins this year when, when you look at some of the teams that they've knocked off uh, in their home building. And, you know, the start they got off to last night, it was 16-4 to uh, early in that game against Northwestern. And, uh, you know, just, you know, got to a point, he got a little fatigued, I think, late in that game. And, and, uh, and Northwestern is, you know, again, it just shows the depth of our league, how good they are. Uh, you know, as a 13th, uh, you know, record in our league right now. It just, you know, Penn State's 12th. It's just amazing to me, you know, how talented they are. But that's just the depth and what our league is all about right now. It's the best league um, by far and the best that the league has ever been. It's not even close, top to bottom. And, you know, it's just, again, every night you got to be perfect if you're going to win. 
got to be perfect you want to win. That's what we said yesterday. Is we, we needed the, the quote-unquote perfect game that we haven't seen yet this year from the starting lineup where they're all clicking together at the same time. That's what you need to win in the Big Ten, especially this year. Uh, I haven't seen an update, um, but I know as of about two weeks ago, uh, the Ken Palm metric had the Big Ten uh, alongside the 2003-2004 ACC as the best conference in college basketball ever. I mean, There could be what, 10 teams from the Big Ten that have a real shot at making the NCAA tournament this year. Indiana's a damn good team, and they're on the bubble this year. I, they're only sitting a little above 500. But because they're playing in the Big Ten, who is just absolutely dominant this year, they, uh, they're on the bubble. Going to talk to Derek Peterson after the break. I, we, we, we got a, a question in the mailbag. I wanted to get into the, this segment, but we've run out of time. Uh, the question is, is other than volleyball, which Husker team sport, men's or women's, do you think will be Big Ten champion next? And I don't know. The football team doesn't look like it. Men's basketball doesn't look like it. Husker women's basketball team looking better this year. They're still not there. Husker baseball? Put me down for bowling. Know. Bowling, that's a good answer. We'll talk to Derek Peterson after the break. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Rolling through a Friday here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Damon Barr filling in for Chris, who will be back the show on Monday. We're uh, going to be back in tomorrow morning as well for the Saturday morning edition as Damon Barr and I will be joined by Will Wilson as we got the uh, the full... Are we, are we all 22? I'm 22 in like two weeks. Are you 22, Damon? I know Will's 22, so it's pretty much the 22-year-old show. Should be a fun one tomorrow morning. Uh, but right now, looking forward to talking to Derek Peterson. Find him on Twitter at DrPDHV. You read his work in Hale Varsity Magazine. Derek, it's good to get caught up with you. How you doing today? Um, I'm okay. I, I'm okay. The, uh, the discourse about analytics, um, on, uh, NBA Twitter was exhausting this morning. And I hadn't even seen the end of the, uh, Nuggets Wizards game last night. Um, I was helping my wife pack. And so I just, I was actually, ju- I literally just watched it, uh, probably 10 minutes ago. Uh, and just, all around facepalm moment. Um, but uh, I, I'm sure you don't want to talk about the NBA, so we can move on. I'm okay. No, we, we can talk a little about the NBA because I'm a Nuggets fan, and I was watching the end of the game last night, and it ruined my night. I mean, the, the Husker basketball team tried their best to ruin my night, but the, the Nuggets really just stuck the nail in the coffin. You go into overtime against the Wizards. If you just hit a layup, Michael Porter Jr. is like ahead of Jamal Murray, wide open to the basket, and he goes to the corner. What are you doing? I, oh, man, it, with that, the Nuggets are 0-3 against the Wizards this year. That's unacceptable. I, I, I'm, I'm all sorts of frustrated. I don't know why you had to bring that up. I am sorry, but, but let's, let's be careful with the Wizards' slander because I will ride or die with Russell Westbrook, and I want them to make the playoffs. So uh, let's, let's, let's be careful there. I know he has slipped, but that's my guy. That's my guy. 
I mean, the Nuggets are just helping him out trying to get into the playoff. They must be Russell Westbrook fans, too, even after all his years in OKC. I personally have, have Bradley Beal on my fantasy basketball team, so I have to, like, be, like, all right with the Wizards, but I'm just I'm, – I'm sick of the Nuggets playing him. I hope we don't have to play him again this year. Um, but, Derek, sticking to basketball, uh, I want to go to the basketball team we haven't talked about yet today. We talked about the Husker men's team, uh, their disappointing effort last night against Illinois, uh, but the Husker women's team also had a, a disappointing outing Wednesday night against Minnesota as – Right on the bubble, uh, the Huskers, according to, to ESPN, were in the, the next four out, so close uh, to making the NCAA tournament. But, but that loss against Minnesota isn't going to help things. No, it's uh, – and unfortunately, that's, you know, that's kind of been the, the case with this team um, throughout the course of the season is, is they'll take a couple steps forward and start to look like um, they're a team that belongs in the tournament, and then they'll have one of those performances – uh, like they had against Minnesota, where it just it just doesn't come together, and and you know they've they've had injuries, um, they, they've had to deal with a lot of changes to their rotation. Um, but you know some of these games, I I wonder maybe just youth. Um, they got a lot of young players on the court. They got a lot of players that haven't that haven't logged a bunch of minutes together, um, but. You know, you look at that game, you know, they were making headway. They had two straight wins. They've got four uh, wins over ranked opponents this season, and they've got five wins over NET. When I looked at it, it was five wins over NET top uh, top 35 because, you, you know, factor Rutgers. And Rutgers wasn't a, a ranked opponent when they played that first time, um, but that's a really good team. It's a tournament team in Rutgers, and, and Nebraska got a win over them. Um, so, like, th- they've got – They've got those kind of resume building wins that that would stand out for a bubble team, but then they've also got just some bad losses. Um, and let me try to pull up. I wrote a piece on for HailVarsity.com um, a couple of days ago that was just kind of looking at you know they've lost to Minnesota twice, they lost to Penn State, which was a rough loss to take. Um, they've gotten blown out by Maryland and, and Indiana, but those are the two best teams in the league, so you can kind of you know, not forgive, but you can sort of kind of explain those. The the two Minnesota losses and really the Penn State loss that first time, um, those were tough. Those were tough losses to take. And, and that, that Penn State loss um, at the beginning of February, I think, really kicked off what's been a slide for them. They've lost, I think, five of their last seven games. Um, and, you know, they had a chance, I, I thought, to get into the Big Ten tournament and really make some noise because – you know, Sam Ivey is one of the better guards in the league. Um, I think Isabel Bourne can be one of the probably four or five best players in the league um, by the time she leaves Nebraska. Mm. They've got talent, and you know, it's just it's just been a matter of it just hasn't it just hasn't all come together um, at the same time throughout the season, and and you know, for them to to really press the issue with the tournament and really kind of force their way in there. They've got to win both of these last two games. They got Michigan state at home tomorrow and they've got Iowa um, a week from tomorrow on the road. They've got to win those two games. They've got to win their first game of the big 10 tournament, which will probably be in, in that eight, nine matchup or the seven, 10 matchup maybe. Um, and then that'll give them a game against either Maryland or Indiana likely. And, if, and you know, you got to win one of those. But you, you got to get one of those, and then you know you can start talking about the tournament. I think the tournament chances took a hit with the loss to Minnesota, 
not, I, I wrote not a critical hit, but a, a pretty significant hit. Derek Peterson with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Derek, Amy Williams had big shoes to fill when she replaced Connie Yore. She's still looking for her first uh, tourney appearance with the Huskers. And, and when you're talking about reeling off about four straight wins here to, to end the season, uh, including the Big Ten tournament, how uphill a battle is that actually? I, I don't know much about the uh, the women's programs of Iowa and Michigan. Was it Michigan? I mean, they've proven that they can – yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan they've State, proven that they can do it. Um, they beat they beat this Michigan State team already on the road. That was a ranked Michigan State team. Um, like I said, they got they have four four wins over ranked opponents. They've proven that they can pull off those upset games when they when they play fundamentally sound. Um, you know they their their style is we're going to play good team defense. We're going to keep the tempo to our liking. We're going to play in the sixties, and if we do that, we have a player who can hit big buckets at the end of the game that can win us the game. And that player is Sam Hybe, and she has done that this season. Um, so they've, I mean, they've proven that they can do it, right? They lost to Iowa by seven points, if I remember correctly. That game was played in the 80s. Caitlin Clark, Iowa's freshman star in the making, superstar in the making, had 39 points in that game, which was a PBA record for a road opponent, I believe. Um, shouts to Caleb Henry for that. I saw him tweet that. Um, I think that's, I, I think that's correct. Um, and so, so you give up 39 points to one player, and you still only lose by seven. Um, and it was a free throw game, sort of at, at the end of it. Um, I mean, they've proven that they can they can hang with these teams. Um, they've beaten they've beaten Northwestern twice. Um, you know, this is this is a team that is capable of doing it. It's just they get into these funks where they're really turnover prone, or they're just they're just pressing offensively um, and taking rushed shots or taking tough shots. And, you know, when they, when they sort of get into those stretches where they press the issue and the tempo speeds up, that's just not where they want to play. Um, it's just about being fundamentally sound. And like I said, they've got, they've got young players and they've got players in new roles. Um, and, you know, when you're in a situation like that and, and maybe you're limited with practice time like they were early in the year where people were kind of shuffling in and out of the lineup and in and out of, of availability, like that, those kind of habits are hard to build. Um, but, you know, I, I, think, I think Amy is building. You, you know, you mentioned she's still kind of looking for the, the tourney win. Um, I think they're building. You know, they had, they had Leah Brown, um, who was a, a leading scorer at, at Michigan now, um, who looked like she was going to be awesome for them. And then she kind of just up and transferred. And that was a, an unexpected thing for, for Amy's program. And, and they lost Ashton Verbeek as well. And so heading into this offseason, you know, they were expecting to have Sam Hybe, Ashton Verbeek, Leah Brown, Taylor Kissinger, Kate Kane. They were expecting to have a team that's completely different from the team that they have now. Um, and so, you know, I think this has been one of Amy's better coaching jobs. Um, and, you know, w- with, with Hybe and with Bourne in particular, that kind of duo, that kind of um, backcourt, frontcourt duo, you know, there's, there's reason to, to still be excited about kind of the way that this program is, is trending, even though, you know, like I said, we're, we're in the midst of, of five losses in seven games. Derek, there's, there's a question this week in the Hale Varsity mailbag, and the question was, other than volleyball, which Husker team sport is going to be Big Ten champion next, in your opinion? Uh, you answered the, the basketball teams because it, I, I don't want to call you out here, but 
you kind of gave two teams in one with the men's team and the women's team. Uh, so when you just look at the uh, the top three men's sports, which is football, men's basketball, and baseball, of those three, which do you think is, is most likely to win a Big Ten championship next? I mean, I think it's – wow, Jesus. I mean – it's a yeah, tough. It's, it's a tough out. question because it, they, they all seem so far from like success. Husker football team hasn't made a bowl game in years. Uh, Nebraska men's basketball team uh, only won Here's one conference problem. game, and then you got the baseball team who's got a new head coach and Will Bolt who still hasn't completed one whole season. Yeah, here's the problem because because you just said it, they seem so far away, right? They seem so far away, but at the same time, they don't seem that far away. Um, in in football, like. Northwestern was was right there with Ohio State, and, and like Ohio State is kind of this this looming giant in the Big Ten, and no one else in the Big Ten is re- is recruiting um, at the level that Ohio State is, and so it's just it's just expected right now that Ohio State's just going to keep reeling off Big Ten win after Big Ten win after Big Ten win, and I, I, I'm not going to say that they're close. There's still a lot of work to be done, but you know, they are far away without feeling terribly far away. I don't know enough about Will Bolt's program to, to really kind of do him justice, but I had, I had somebody text me um, last night actually and ask what my thoughts were on Fred Hoiberg. Um, and I kind of took a step back from that team as well this year as I've been covering the women. So, so um, Jacob knows them a lot more intimately than I do, but you know, I still think that Fred is, going to be good for Nebraska and has been good for Nebraska. And you look at the play that he had drawn up the other night for a potential for the game tying or game winning bucket that, that, that they just missed. Um, you know, you see stuff with Fred and the way he's able to get this team with so many obvious flaws to continue to compete night in and night out. He's got a five-star guy coming in, in this next recruiting class, like in basketball and in particular, you know, I wrote that, You've got two chances. You can win a regular season Big Ten title, and you can win a Big Ten tournament title. Um, but it, but also, and Fred has has illustrated this to the extreme in his first two years. Like you're flipping rosters really quickly, so like he can. I mean, you can go from having a really really bad team to in a year having a really really good team. And I still think that Fred Hoiberg is. You know, he's probably he's probably not an elite coach yet, but I think he's in that that tier above good. Mm. Um, I think he's a I think he's a really good coach, and I think Nebraska's lucky to have him. I don't think he got a fair shake in the NBA. I think he could have been a successful NBA coach, um, and for Nebraska to have that kind of a guy here who who really has um, a, a brilliant offensive mind and has clearly an ability to attract talent to his system and, and to him. Um, I, you know, I think it's not outside the realm of possibility for them to, to compete for a Big Ten title or be in the running for a regular season Big Ten title um, here in the, in the next few years. You can find him on Twitter at DrPDHV. It's Derek Peterson. Derek, we're all out of time, but uh, enjoy your weekend, bud, all right? Yeah, thanks for having me. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
Pulling through a Friday on Hale Varsity Radio. It's Elijah Herbal alongside Damon Farr. Just heard it from Derek Peterson, the good doctor himself. You can find him on Twitter at DrPDHV, and you can find that full interview on ESPNLincoln.com as well as the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page. Full show will be posted later tonight on your favorite streaming service, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, what have you. It's available everywhere, or ask your Alexa to play Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, really fast, Damon, I, I want to get into this new NFL and ABC deal um, between... Uh, it covers Monday Night Football as well as uh, some Super Bowl rights for ABC. But before we do that, this topic of which team could win the Big Ten championship next, it's intriguing to me because I, personally, being someone who's born and raised in Lincoln, been a Husker fan pretty much my whole life, I like to hear him say, maybe we're not that far off. Maybe it's the, these teams aren't as far from success as the records would show. But on the other hand, when you just look at the juggernaut that is Big Ten basketball and Big Ten football, you're still chasing Ohio State. I'm not sure who can beat Ohio State. You're going to have the one-off, but it just looks like Ohio State is built for success. They're top five recruiting classes every single year. Ryan Day, unless he jumped ship to the NFL, looks like he's in it for the long haul at Ohio State because... Where in college football could offer him a better gig than Ohio State whenever you're making the college football playoff year after year and you're bringing in top five recruiting classes. I don't think that's a guy that's looking to, that's looking for a different challenge in college football. I think he's going to enjoy the sustained success that he can build at Ohio State. So unless Ohio State falls off, Nebraska's got a, a big hill to climb in football. If there's one thing, the difference between uh, winning a, the Big Ten West and winning the Big Ten Championship is huge. Nebraska might not be that far off from winning the Big Ten West. But man, do they got a hill to climb to win the Big Ten Championship. As for basketball, anything can happen year to year. You see that in college basketball all the time. I mean, you have Duke uh, with Zion Williamson with their their Fab Five, all, pretty much all freshmen. Kentucky did it for a few years. I know they're down on their luck a little bit this year, but Calipari was building in just one and dones uh, to come build his roster every single year. College basketball, the landscape can change every single year. The thing about the Big Ten is, generally, to find success in the Big Ten, you got to get old and stay old. you got to have guys that have multiple years of starting experience in the Big Ten if you want to be able to make a run at a, a Big Ten tourney. It takes experience to be able to, to reel off four or five straight wins against Big Ten opponents in the Big Ten tournament. Big Ten regular season, a little bit different, but also we've heard from Fred Hoiberg, everything's got to go perfect for you to win on any given night in the Big Ten. Baseball... That's where there's your opportunity, I think. You got a coach in Will Bolt who's recruited this area and knows the area. We talk about the 500-mile radius for the football team. How about for the baseball team? Erstad lost his 500-mile radius. I think Erstad built good teams in Nebraska. Don't get me wrong. But you can also look at the in-state talent that he lost year after year. And it's pretty obvious that he was not the the dominant force in recruiting around here. Will Bolt came up and stole recruits from him every single year. Look at Logan Foster, who's now back at Nebraska. He was now to Texas A&M. Logan Sartoria, Lincoln Southwest kid. Both of these Lincoln Southwest kids, actually. Didn't get recruited by Nebraska. Went to community college and then Nebraska. Will, Will Bolt comes to Nebraska and picks up the phone and calls Logan Sartori. I mean, you got multiple guys from that, that Southwest 2017 year 
in 2016 as well. Very good teams, teams that were competing for Nebraska's state baseball turn, uh, championships. That didn't have any guys go to Nebraska. And those guys are coming back now. But I, I look at a guy like uh, Colby Gomes, who's at Nebraska. Very talented younger brother. Went off to Cal State Fullerton. Obviously, Nebraska isn't the, the premier baseball spot, especially since moving to the Big Ten. But you got to do well enough within your own 500-mile radius that you can beat the other Big Ten schools that don't give a damn about baseball. you got two schools in the Big Ten, really, that care. Michigan, Indiana, and then Nebraska. Those are the teams that care about baseball in the Big Ten. Ohio State sometimes. To me, Will Bolt seems best positioned to be able to, to make a run and win a Big Ten championship because... You also have the regular season and the Big Ten tournament as well in baseball. That's what Derek touched on in basketball. You can win the regular season, lose the Big Ten tournament, and, and still be Big Ten champion, quote-unquote. But then we've also seen Nebraska's success in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, it, it's going to be coming back to Omaha. Omaha draws big crowds to the Big Ten tournament, bigger than anywhere else, because Nebraska is a state that cares about college baseball. That's why we have the College World Series. You have that home field advantage every couple of years in the Big Ten tournament. I expect Nebraska to capitalize. This year, it's unfortunate there's not going to be a Big Ten tournament in Omaha. Uh, the fans, even if it was there, probably uh, wouldn't have been able to come out in droves like they usually do. But that, to me, seems like the best place for, for Nebraska to win a tournament other than volleyball. Uh, or to win a Big Ten, excuse me, other than volleyball. Are, are you of the same mind as me, Damon? I, I, for here's, here's where my mind kind of falls with Nebraska in the Big Ten championship. I think in football and uh one second, we got a caller. I'm going to go ahead and get them on real quick. Uh, th- uh, again, you can call the show 402-466-3776. That's 402-466-ESPN. You can also call 1-800-825-5865. I was going to switch gears and go to uh, this NFL ABC deal, but if we got a caller on the line. Yeah, we got Chris on the line. Chris, you, you want to talk a little baseball with us? Is, is that why you're calling us? Well, yep. Yeah, I just wanted to just chime in on my, you know, a quick, thing that I think sometimes get over, gets overlooked. Yeah, go for it. Um, if, let's just say you were uh, you know, the, a high school baseball player, right? And you know that baseball is not going to be your future, and you know, you know you're never going to go to the major leagues. Obviously, anything's possible. But let's just take a look at it from the academic side of things. You know, if you were going to choose a school to go to you know, based upon that, there's, there are some academically better schools than mm-hmm. Nebraska, obviously in the Big Ten. And I think that that sometimes gets overlooked, especially on on a topic like this. What do you think about that? Well, as uh, Dwayne Haskins said, we ain't come here to play school. I'm I'm kidding a little bit with that. Um, but I, see, I, I think, I'm, I'm, and I'm talking totally on the baseball front. Yeah, like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Football is a, is a different beast. Um, but strictly, you know, baseball. Like, if you know that really that baseball is not your future, you know, yeah, right. They didn't go to, to Ohio State to, to go to school. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some institutions in the Big Ten, you know, where if you were an academic kid, um, they would definitely rank ahead in Nebraska. So, I mean, I, I, I'm right with you on that um, because the Big 12 was the baseball conference that Nebraska was in. That, that's what valued it. And, and now um, Nebraska does have to go find these kids uh, that want to come play in a lesser baseball conference. It, it, it's true. Yep. And, and the kids that are coming to the Big Ten, I'm with you, probably have different reasons than a kid who's going to the, the Big 12 or a kid who's going to the Pac-12 to play baseball. Um, thanks for the call. Uh, appreciate yep. it. It's a great point. I guess we'll get into that ABC and NFL thing uh, after the break. Um, but he does bring up a very good point in that it's not the money conference anymore. Uh, 
I, I believe I said Dwayne Haskins. It was, it was Cardale Jones who said the, the we ain't come here to play school. Apologies for that. Apologies for, for miscrediting that to Dwayne Haskins. But after the year he's had, um, I w- wouldn't put it past him to have that quote either. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I remember TJ Bowlers, uh, Wisconsin kid now, uh, Nebraska's recruiting him. Even though it's football, it's, it's a, a place where you can go make your money. He was even looking at engineering schools because he wants to get his engineering degree and he wanted to go someplace that had a strong engineering program. And I'm sure it's, it's no different in baseball. I've had a few baseball players in, in classes at, at Nebraska with me, and uh, I, I, I can't throw them under the bus. I was going to say the, the academics aren't at the forefront, but I can't speak uh, as a whole for the Husker baseball team. Um, we'll get into the NFL and ABC uh, after the break. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Wrapping up hour one here of Hale Varsity Radio. We talked with Derek Peterson about half an hour ago. That one going to be posted shortly on the ESPN Lincoln. Is it up, Damon? Damon is telling me that that is already posted on ESPNLincoln.com. He's flying over there. Damon's had his caffeine, and he is just in the zone in that production studio over there. So that's up on ESPNLincoln.com. Also, the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page coming up next hour. After the break, uh, we got Bill Dolman. Leading off hour two, excited to get caught up with Billy D. Going to talk a little bit about this uh, this rumored, uh, if not almost finalized. Uh, I, I guess I can't say that for sure. I don't have any inside sources here. That's Parker Gabriel. We talked to him yesterday, but he he seems to think uh, that Nebraska and Northwestern in Dublin in 2022 is close to being finalized. He said he wouldn't report it unless they thought it was going to happen. Uh, so I- I'm rolling with it and saying it as likely, if not uh, almost finalized at this point. We also have Greg Smith coming up at 525 for a little recruiting recon. All that next hour. But first here, uh, I, I want to discuss this Disney and NFL deal with uh, with ABC uh, it's a rumored deal at $2.6 billion. The, the reports earlier in the day uh, from John Rond. He is working for the Sports Business Journal, uh, which makes sense that he would be reporting this. He says that this deal is, uh, is signed in ink. Others are saying that it's close but not finalized yet. But it's a $2.6 billion per year deal, uh, which keeps the Monday Night Football rights with ESPN and gives ABC uh, a... Super Bowl, our place in the Super Bowl rotation, um, which is interesting to me. And I, I personally hope that ESPN takes this and fixes their Monday Night Football. If they're going to be doing a Super Bowl, I hope to God it is not anything like their Monday Night Football broadcast over the past couple years. This year, a little bit better. They had some new uh, some new voices up in the uh, the commentary booth. Uh, they got rid of Booger McFarland. Uh, that was pfft, could talk about the booger mobile all day. What a terrible, terrible idea that was. <laughs> Throw him on the, uh, the the Nickelodeon broadcast though. Yeah. Booger McCrowley would be perfect on there. Maybe we'll get a Disney Channel broadcast to rival Nickelodeon now after the Disney deal's Dear done. Dear God, please have a booger mobile. It's actually like a booger on the sideline. Kids would eat that up. And you got booger in the booger mobile, and he like you can have kids come down in front of the booger mobile and like. Oh, you have them play a game, and if they get the answer wrong, or like a, like a trivia thing, yeah, have the kids like answer questions about uh, the team that they like, but from like 20 years ago, so you know they're not going to know it. Like, who was the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos in 1996? Some kids probably going to know like John Elway, but most are just going to get slimed. That's what you have Booger do. You have him if he gets it wrong, he slimes them. Like, the ESPN just needs to to get more modern and more fun with their broadcast. They've tried to do it. 
But I look at Fox this past year. Um, remember their end zone cams whenever uh, they, they had the touchdown? And it was just beautiful. Beautiful. They, they used, I believe it was a Sony A7. Um, for my work down at Husker Vision, I have some experience with the cameras there. And it's really, it's not like this is brand new technology. This is technology that colleges have been using for years when filming football games. Um, the what, what made this possible this year was that they're able to not have that camera hooked up with with fiber back to the truck they can uh, they can send the feed live and, and it just made for beautiful shots at actual depth of field and that's one of the things that i'd expect espn to get on top of first espn has their premier game every single every single monday night this premier game that they can broadcast to the world and it just nothing about that broadcast feels innovative or cool that's what made monday night football so great in the 70s and the 80s they don't have that magic anymore Hopefully, now that they're shelling out $2.6 billion a year, they can find some ways to update their broadcast. Maybe we can get some NFL on Disney Channel. I'm crossing my fingers for that. Bill Dolman's coming up next. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Elijah Herbal and Damon Barr with you on a Friday. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt out on assignment in Arizona on the golf course. Um, getting some important business done, I'm sure. Um, but now I'm I'm not sure if I'm excited to welcome in Bill Dolman here. Whenever, whenever Damon was calling him up, Damon appeared to be getting somewhat of an ear lashing from Bill. And I realized at that time that I didn't text Bill this morning and tell him I was going to be calling this afternoon. So, Bill, I, I beg your forgiveness, but you're still with us here right anyway, right? Dude, I've been winging it for like 33 years in this business, so what's another 30 minutes? So, well, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> well, well, Bill, I want to start off with some news. Uh, I assume you heard about it, um, but it's been rumored ever since Nebraska and Illinois was moved from Dublin back to uh, Champaign uh, this year. And that was that Nor- Nebraska would be looking to, to go back to Dublin in 2022 uh, and to actually get that game in. And Parker Gabriel and Steve Sipple from the Journal Star yesterday reported that Nebraska and uh, Northwestern are in the works uh, to create a deal to be playing in Dublin uh, to open off or to lead off the season of 2022 week zero. Um, so just initial first thoughts, is Nebraska Northwestern a better matchup for Dublin, or, or, or were you looking forward to, to seeing Nebraska and Illinois? So they're going to play a game in Dublin, Ohio? Dublin, Ohio? No, Dublin, Ireland. Oh, Dublin, Ireland. Oh, oh I, you know, look, the bottom line is Dublin, Ohio, Dublin, Ireland, Ireland, Nebraska play anybody, anywhere, at any time. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think it really matters who they play. I just think that it matters that you know, Nebraska's involved in, in things like that. The one thing I never want to see Nebraska do is uh, not have home games. You know, you mm-hmm. don't don't forfeit a home game at Memorial Stadium to go play, you know, in, in uh, Dublin, Ohio, or Dublin, Ireland, or wherever the case might be. So if you've got opportunities to do things like that, then then sure. I, I, again, I've, I've said forever that Nebraska is a brand. It is still a, a national brand, whether or not they're winning, which they're not, or they're losing, which that's going to get turned around. 
people people in college football still understand that Nebraska does mean something. So you take that brand wherever uh, they want you. Just don't forfeit a home game for it. So if it's if it's Northwestern, if it's Illinois. Uh, to me, that's really insignificant. It's the fact that Nebraska is getting the opportunity to be in a game like that, to be in a promotion like that. It'll be really cool. But I, and I think for the people in in Ireland uh, that want to put that game on, and certainly for television, you know, they're looking at that saying, "What's going to look best?" Now, outside of you know having Notre Dame play there, um, I, I cannot think of a of a fan base that is going to support something like that better than Nebraska. And certainly, you know, other, other programs would love to have those opportunities and you have a significant amount of people. But I think you're looking at an opportunity for Nebraska fans to go to travel. And, you know, there are a lot of people overseas that are from Nebraska that might try to make the trip there. So I think for the aesthetic purposes of, the, of having a game like that and for whatever television network has it, when you see all that red at that game in Dublin – it's going to be remind, you know reminding people of what it was like when Nebraska played that game at Notre Dame, you know uh, what was that 2001 uh, when we had half the stadium. So I, I just think it's a great opportunity to promote the Nebraska brand, and I think people are going to go, oh my God, these people are everywhere, and we are. So I think it's I think it's great. I, who they play there, I think is really insignificant. Just never forfeit a home game and take advantage of those opportunities when you can. Bill Dolman with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And Bill, the way I see it is it gives Nebraska and Scott Frost another year to build what he is trying to build here at the University of Nebraska before the eyes of the college football world are essentially on Nebraska. With a week zero matchup in Ireland, you know, that's national TV. You know, there's going to be some sort of college game day or whatever Fox's college game day is going out to, to Dublin and doing a show from there because what else is going on week zero? And the way I see it is now Nebraska's got another year after you, you, you lost some of those guys that you thought were going to be your, your difference makers and, and Wandale Robinson and Luke McCaffrey. They're gone from the program now. So I think it gives Nebraska this year to, to figure some things back out with their offense uh, and, and maybe a, a program-changing player can, can come to the forefront. We discussed this a little bit yesterday in, in that I made the argument that Nebraska – at this point, needs somebody who can come in and outplay the recruiting rankings, whether it be a three-star or a low four-star, to come in and exceed expectations and be a guy that themselves can, can get a couple wins. I look back to Indomitian Sue and Bo Pelini, uh, where w- without Indomitian Sue, who knows if Bo Pelini has the success in Nebraska that he has, because Bo Pelini with Indomitian Sue was able to, to put Nebraska uh, back in their place in the college football world and that's back in the top 25. Do you think that Nebraska needs... And, and Scott Frost, I should say, too, needs a, a program-changing player like that to come in and, and get Nebraska a couple wins just to get him back into a place where, where they have some respect again? Well, of course they do, but the, you know, the, the question is, who's that going to be? Mm-hmm. And that, that goes back to the, the total inexact science that recruiting is. Sure, there are those players who come out of high school that are five stars and are you know, going to be bona fide superstars, you know, in college, and they're going to be great players in the NFL at some point, or at least, you know, be a long-time NFL guys. But those are few and far between. But, you know, so many people put so much stock in how many stars that, you know, that somebody said this guy's going to be great when you just don't know how good those guys are going to be once they get to the school, you know, that they've chosen. And, and a lot of times, I've said this before, it's, it's like the, 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 the free agent NFL guy who goes undrafted that has two great years and then signs a big fat contract because, you know, he was, 
you know, uh, overlooked. I, I, th- I can think of a quarterback drafted in the sixth round about 25 years ago, it seems, that has done okay for himself because he got a shot to prove himself and then made out all right when, those, when the big contracts came around. Unfortunately, that's what's happening with, with high school football recruiting. Guys are, you know, uh, are wooed and, and, you know, given promises to the moon and back. And, and you don't know what they're going to be like when they get to college and if they're going to still have that hunger. And, you know, to say that every four- or five-star guy is going to be a home run, well, we know that's not the case. We thought we had a wide receiver a year ago that, you know, was going to be a difference maker this year. That hasn't turned out to be the case. It might be next year. You know, when, when Scott you know, was traveling all over the country uh, getting uh, recruits while he was still at Central Florida, you know, we thought Adrian Martinez was going to be a difference-making quarterback. And then he came in his first year and looked like a difference-making quarterback. He was in the Heisman conversation going into a sophomore season, and that hasn't materialized. Maybe he becomes the difference maker now going into, you know, 2021. The bottom line is you just really don't know it, and we may not know until the uh, the fall rolls around, but I'll guarantee you who will know, and that'll be, you know, Zach Duvall and his staff in terms of who's busting their ass once off-season workouts, spring ball, and, and the summer rolls around. And, again, we're not privy to that kind of information because nobody is supposed to be there. But those players within them, you know, within the team, are going to know who the difference makers are going to be once the season rolls around because they're going to know who gave the commitment. So when they have a game like that and who the difference makers are going to be, you know, really at this point we just don't know who that who that's going to be. Hopefully it's Adrian Martinez. Hopefully he's the guy that we thought he was going to be you know, after his freshman season and then build a team around him and keep him healthy. Maybe it's an offensive lineman, you know, who doesn't get any glory. Uh, that might be a difference maker. Um, but, you know, it, it's all got to develop in the offseason. Bill, when we're talking program change, do you think Nebraska has to have a, a program-changing quarterback, a difference-making quarterback, um, especially in the Scott Frost offense that's so built on getting the balls in the hands of the playmakers? That kind of falls on the quarterback. Do you think that for this Nebraska offense to be successful, Scott Frost needs to find a quarterback uh, that can run his offense the way he wants in a difference-making way? Yeah, there's no question about it, um, at least at this point. Um, and, and, and I think that goes back to the fact that so much stock was put in, you know, Martinez when he decided he was going to leave Tennessee, uh, his commitment to Tennessee and come to Nebraska. And he played well. But in that offense, you've got to have somebody that can, uh, you know, be efficient with, in the passing game beyond five yards. And, and, and you, you see those completion numbers for Adrian Martinez the last, well, last season, and people have talked about, my gosh, this guy's completing, you know, 67 and 72 and 75% of his passes, but Nebraska never stretches the field. So that's an area where he's got to become a, a difference maker in terms of getting the ball beyond, you know, 10 yards and picking up first downs in the passing game. And it's one of the reasons why I don't think Luke McCaffrey necessarily was a fit for Nebraska, because I think we saw when he got extensive playing time that he didn't have a vertical game either. So that's a big deal. And, of course, Logan Smothers is the most popular quarterback in, in the program because he's the backup, and everybody thinks they know what he can do. But right now it all falls on Martinez to develop his game beyond, you know, third down and, and eight and compl- or, you know, third down and eight and completing a five-yarder. He's got to get first downs. I'm not talking about touchdowns. He's got to throw for first downs first. And if he does that, that's going to stretch everything, and then everybody's going to get better. Bill Dolman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Bill, I want to take this conversation and shift it back into the conversation we were, we were having first hour, and that's what Nebraska program, other than volleyball, is going to be the next to win a Big Ten championship. And 
I made the argument for baseball, and I, I didn't give you adequate time to, to look into this, so I, I want to keep it on, on the football track of things. And I, I just want to ask you, how far away is Nebraska, in your opinion, from being in a place to compete for a Big Ten championship? Uh, not necessarily just win the Big Ten West, but an actual place where they can challenge the Giants from the East, mainly Ohio State. You're talking about football? Yes, football. You know, I, I would like to think that it's it's a two year thing. That if, if it's if it's challenging for the Big Ten West, I'm still trying to get it, you know used to that concept of winning, you know, divisions of conferences as opposed to you know being atop the the Big Eight back in the day, you know. So the whole concept of we've got to win our half of the conference just seems to be kind of an odd thing. But I know in the era of the conference championship game, you have to have that. You'd like to think that Nebraska's, you know, uh, two years away. You'd like to think it's going to happen this year. There's going to be a major turnaround, and maybe there will be. But you'd like to think that within a couple of years with, with veteran quarterbacking, uh, a solid receiving core, a matured offensive line, which I think is the most significant thing, is getting you've got so many young guys along that offensive line. If they grow together, and I'm never going to use the term pipeline, but if those guys grow up together in the system, that's going to make you know the, the, the skilled players better too. So if that offensive line develops and those guys who are freshmen playing at the end of this season are uh, a cohesive and choreographed and physical offensive line, I don't think there's any reason why Nebraska can't contend in the West uh, in 2022 especially if they, you know, knock off Northwestern in front of 40,000 Nebraska fans in Dublin, Ohio, or Dublin, Ireland. Uh, but in, in terms of winning the uh, Big Ten title outright, uh, I think that's probably a little ways away. But, you know, I'd love to be surprised. Bill, Bill the, the change in Nebraska going into 2021 uh, is among the players, obviously, with uh, the whole load of guys uh, joining up in the spring, uh, getting those extra months, it's actually the largest class of guys Nebraska's ever had uh, join the team in January and get through those spring practices. Um, but th- there really it hasn't been a big shift in the coaching staff. Uh, you had a couple new analysts get hired, uh, as well as Jonathan Rutledge, the special teams analyst, being let go. Um, I guess mutually parting ways is, is the way it was described. Um, but you did have the news over the weekend that Jason Peter and Jay Foreman would be joining the coaching staff as uh, volunteer assistant coaches. Uh, part of me is a fan of the move because they've found success at Nebraska. Uh, they know what it takes to, to win at Nebraska. But on the other hand, I, I question how these guys are going to be able to connect with the 18 to 22-year-olds that are currently in college football today. Uh, what, what's your, what side of the argument are you on? I'd be, I would be stunned if guys like Jay Foreman and Jason Peter and any of those guys who were stars 20 years ago don't know how to connect with a, a 17, 18-year-old, 19 kid of today. Uh, I get that there are generational differences, but if, if anybody respects the game and the program that you've signed on to and you have an opportunity to learn, to learn from those guys in some way, shape, or form, I think you better, you know, listen. And if you and if you're not going to, then then you just don't belong. I, that that would be a, a, such a put off if I'm a coach and I bring guys in who built the program the way it was, and they're disrespected by guys because they think they know better when they're 17 or 18. I just think that's ridiculous. But those guys who come in and have respect for those who came before them, and if you look at what you know Jason accomplished you know, both on and off the field and what he's overcome, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty remarkable story. Uh, oftentimes off color, which is fine. Uh, Jay Foreman, I, you know, I worked with Jay a little bit when I was in Houston and he was down there and he did some TV with us. And we talked about Nebraska football, uh, you know, five, six years ago. 
So those guys have great respect and great pride in what they accomplished. And if the younger players of today can't appreciate that, you know, it's not just Nebraska that's in, in trouble. It, you know, the, all the programs around the country, if they can't get their players in the system to appreciate who built the system, um, then it's just you're not going to have a lot of success. So that's why the continuity of coaching staffs and and people still being around Lincoln, of course, or that that's a big deal. Um, but I, I, I'm going back to what I said a moment ago. I, I have a hard time adjusting to the divisions in conferences. When I see what, what's going on with coaching staffs around the country, and Nebraska's right there at the cutting edge with all of them, but now you have assistant coaches and you have analysts and you have uh, players, you know, developmental player directors and all that, I'm, I'm thinking this is, you know, the, the, the corporate end of, of college football, the corporate side is just, to me, getting way out of hand. And I, I don't think it's ever going to change. But we have analysts now, and, and I don't. That doesn't not to disrespect uh, Ron Brown. It's not to disrespect Bill Bush because those guys are great and they're great men and they're great for Nebraska. But just the whole culture of college football that has become so much like the pro game, it is you know so far beyond what college football used to be that it's hard to wrap your hand around, head around it. Bill Dolman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Bill, last thought here before we let you go. What's you up to this weekend? You got, you got anything on the uh, the networks of NBC Sports? Oh, my God. We are all over the networks with the uh, 2021 World Nordic uh, Skiing Championships. Uh, I've been up from since pretty much 1 o'clock uh, yesterday morning and have called uh, cross-country skiing. The United States did not get off to a good start in cross-country skiing, which was disappointing. Hopefully that turns around tomorrow. We had uh, the Nordic combined today. We've had women's ski jumping, men's ski jumping tomorrow. We've got more of it. Uh, basically, it's nonstop Bill Dolman on the networks of NBC Sports from now until uh, sometime on March 7th. So if, if you're looking for winter sports coverage, we got it. And nothing puts the N in Nordic like Nebraska. You find him on NBC Sports. It's Bill Dolman. Bill, we'll get caught up next week, all right? All right. I look forward to hearing from you early that day. Oh. And somebody go find Schmidt. All I see is pictures on his Facebook, and I don't know if he's hitting golf balls or hitting fireball, but that guy is roaming around the deserts of Arizona, and I'm not quite sure what he's doing or if he knows what he's doing. Neither do I. Bill, talk to you next week. Bye, guys. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Just heard from Bill Dolman here on Hale Varsity Radio. That one going to be available on ESPNLincoln.com shortly. I see Damon feverishly working to get that posted. Uh, again, ESPN Lincoln on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page is where you find that interview. It's good stuff from Bill, as always. And excited now. Get some good stuff from Hale Varsity recruiting insider Greg Smith. You can find him on Twitter at Greg Smith HV. And Greg. The news yesterday uh, was about your Chicago Bears because Russell Wilson apparently willing to go to Chicago. Listen, I mean, can you blame him wanting to get um, with a great franchise like the Bears and help rescue us being a tremendous city um, with great food? Like, who who can blame him, right? Um, The only thing is on this is, like, the hint of the whisper that he wants to come there um, has gotten me so excited. I'm planning to hopefully buy a jersey. Um, I hope that he ends up doing that. Now, if he doesn't come to Chicago, are you, are you still rolling with Trubisky? Are you still a Trubisky believer? I am not a Trubisky believer. <laughs> you can count me off of that bandwagon. Uh, they're going nowhere fast with him. 
Um, so hopefully they either get Russell Wilson or get someone. It's funny. I saw a meme on Twitter yesterday where it's basically like every quarterback that comes available, there's a rumor of that guy to the Bears now. because, And I think it's all started by Bears fans uh, because we hate Mitchell Trubisky. Well, I mean, it really seems like the Bears are like a quarterback and maybe offensive lineman. And, I mean, they have Allen Robinson at receiver. They, they seem close, and that defense is still – I mean, it's not as good as it was two years ago, but it's still a solid defense. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing is that they would be – the defense is already being wasted a little bit because, like you said, they took a step back this past year. Um, they do have offensive weapons. They some weird things drafting so many tight ends, um, but they still have some good offensive weapons. So if they could get good quarterback play to take a little bit of pressure off of that defense, that would help them out tremendously. Greg, let's get into a little recruiting here because you released a story that's I mean, pretty relevant to what we've been discussing on the show this week. It was about how Nebraska compares to the other Big Ten schools and and retaining their homegrown players, uh, the players that are within that 500-mile radius. It's a big buzzword, the 500-mile radius. Um, But we discussed a lot after Deshaun Woods and Devin Jackson both left Nebraska out of their top fives. We talked with uh, you about that on Monday. Um, But now you released this piece about how Nebraska compares to the Big Ten. How, How does Nebraska compare? Um, actually, and I only, and honestly, I only focused on in-state recruiting. Like this one mm. was just mm. in-state. Um, I could probably do another piece. So thanks for the idea on the 500-mile radius. Um, but Nebraska actually fared pretty well when it came to keeping their local players, in-state players, in um, in signing with Nebraska. If you think about, was it last cycle? Um, they had, or not this past one, the 2021, but 2020, the um, Xavier Betts year. They had him. Um, Xavier Watts and then Isaac Gifford, who they offered from in-state, and then obviously Watts went to Notre Dame, so they went two out of three on that one. In the 19 class, they went five for five. Um, and then the Scott Frost uh, transition class, they got a couple out of that one as well. Um, or they got one out of that one with Cam Jurgens. They didn't get Bryson Williams, um, who they tried to at the last minute. And then Major Mayhew um, was a commit, but then they moved on from him when Scott Frost took over. So they've actually, in comparison to some of the other schools in the conference, they're, they're doing pretty well. They aren't the best at keeping those guys home, but they also aren't the worst either. And, of course, that 2021 group does factor into it as well with them losing Keegan Johnson and Avante Dickerson. Um, but when you think about like maybe the worst school to have it happen is Maryland. Maryland routinely produces a lot of high-end Power 5 players, and they never, none of them ever stay home. Like they've had, and then they don't just go to like normal schools. They're out there going to like, you know, Penn State, Texas A&M, Alabama, Clemson. Like they had the number one player in the country a couple of years ago from the state, and he didn't even give Maryland consideration. Um, so it's actually really interesting when you dive into the numbers. Greg, the, the past couple of years, Nebraska feels like they get an early commitment from uh, from an in-state guy. Last year it was Teddy Prohoshka uh, committing pretty early during his junior season. Um, but this year, none of that. Still no commits uh, for the Huskers class of 2022. Uh, is that a reason for concern this late? I mean, COVID's made things weird, and I know that the extended uh, recruiting dead period has also made things weird. Um, but still, you usually expect to see a, a Nebraska kid or at least a guy within the 500-mile radius say, you know what, Nebraska's the school I want to go to. I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger now. 
I, w- I would say that it is not concerning yet, and it's actually it is because of COVID and the, and the restrictions, but it's because, like, if you think about it, Teddy Prohaska, when he committed, um, then it was way early. Henry Lutowski is another guy that was in the class early and ran off the pie, the linebacker from South Dakota. All 500-mile right? radius. Yeah, all 500-mile radius kids all committed. Um, I think Kapai was the latest one, and he committed, like, last February, right? That was the latest one of those three. So those guys had all already been to Lincoln like a handful of times each before they committed. The 2022 class, like there are guys in state that haven't really been here. Like a couple of them have. I got ironically, I think Devin Jackson and Deshaun Woods had been here um, on unofficial visits, of course. But I think Ernest, I know Ernest Hausman has not visited Nebraska on an unofficial visit. Um, I asked. I assume that Mike O'Reilly and Caden Helms maybe, but I don't think that Caden Helms has visited Nebraska on an unofficial visit. Um, and so you end up in a situation where those guys just haven't seen enough, right? Um, they haven't had time to either go out. I think Helms has come to Nebraska, but I think that's it. So he hasn't been able to go and see any other schools to compare it to to know that, hey, Nebraska is the place for me. So I think that that's why Nebraska is in this kind of weird holding pattern that seems like it's gone forever. Um, but I think that if we get through spring football and Nebraska is still sitting at zero, then we'll be having a different discussion about all this. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Ernest Houseman. I saw this week on Twitter he posted a, uh, a graphic that the uh, the Husker program had made for him. Um, and the the talk of the past couple of weeks has been Ernest Houseman is the most interested in Nebraska among those top five in-state recruits of 2021. Is there any chance that he could be the first commitment for this Huskers 2021 class? Um, I guess there, there's Excuse a me, 2022 class. Could. Yeah, I think there's a there's a chance that he could be the first one. It's hard to peg which guy um, would be the first. Cause there's also a couple other kids, maybe even someone in the radius, like a Quentin Conley wide receiver out in Kansas City who Nebraska likes mm-hmm. and has actually been hosting on um, visits for a couple of years. Um, so that helps there because he's very familiar with the program. Uh, but Housefield would definitely be in the conversation for that. Um, and they did a nice job with him, Nebraska has so far. Cause they got in early on him uh, and have been recruiting him hard from the jump. Now, now, Greg, the, the class of 2023, it seems so far off without even uh, recruiting the class of 2022. Um, but I've seen some stuff on Lincoln Southeast, Jake Applegate, as a, as a proud Southeast alum. I'm always interested in seeing that. Um, so whenever you're looking at this class of 2023, does it look like the Huskers might have more success in state than they're currently having in the class of 2022? Um, well, uh, maybe. <laughs> is, is it too early to tell? It's too early to tell, but the thing is, you say the 2023 seems far off, and it does seem far off, but if you look at those, some of those guys' recruitments, um, they're already picking up. Like Maverick Noonan out at Elkhorn South, the defensive lineman, has already got multiple Power 5 offers. Um, Gunnar Gatala, the offensive lineman um, at your Lincoln Southeast, he, uh, he's got an offer from Iowa State already. Um, there's another, oh, uh, Ben Brommer, the kid from out Pierce, the tight end, he's got an offer from Nebraska and an offer from Iowa State. So those kids are getting early offers. So Nebraska is doing well um, to be in on those guys. And you mentioned Jake Applegate. Jeff, Jake is a 2022 kid. Is he? Um, yeah. My I, think that Nebraska will also, I think that Nebraska will be right. They're going to be debating on whether or not to offer him. Um, I think he's close to being an offer guy for 2022. And there might be a couple others uh, in state that are kind of on that borderline this year as well. It's a really good year for in-state recruiting again. Now, Greg, Scott Frost came into Nebraska and he had to put together that, that first rush class. And even, even the year after that, it doesn't feel like he had like a, a full cycle to be able to evaluate the talent that was coming in uh, in that class of 20, 
20. Um, so does, does just having more time to recruit this? Because I know, especially in this, this modern age, it feels like guys are getting recruited when they're out of eighth grade into freshman year. Um, does that just mean positive things for Nebraska, that, that Scott Frost is able to, to talk to these kids earlier? Or do you still think that it's got to be success on the field before Scott Frost can really jump up and, and do even better in recruiting? So I do think I do think it helps that Nebraska can get in early on some guys, and there's there's a couple of really big shining examples of this, right? Thomas Fedoni is a great example of someone who Nebraska, this staff, identified early, and remember that they were hosting Thomas on visits before, like he became the number one tight end in the nation before Alabama and LSU and all those schools came calling or even really knew who he was. They really liked him and identified him early. That ended up helping them a lot. And there's some other kids that were in this most recent class that are like that. Um, so Nebraska does a good job of identifying kids early, and that tends to help. But um, at the same token, it would help a lot more, or even more, if they were winning more. Because there's a bunch of kids that Nebraska was in on early or was their first offer that have now maybe ruled Nebraska out or they've committed to other schools. There's a kid, for example, up at Michigan named Nolan Zeigler, um, who was committed to Notre Dame. Now he's one of the best uh, safeties in the 2022 class. Nebraska was his first offer, um, but he, they didn't get him to pull the trigger early. Now he's going to Notre Dame. There's a kid, Xavier in Paca. Um, it's hard to say that last name, over in Iowa, who might be the number two safety in the 2022 class. Um, he probably is not going to come to Nebraska either, but Nebraska was in there early. He'll probably go to Ohio State. Uh, to join their juggernaut. So if Nebraska continues identifying guys early, that's good. If they start winning, that'll be even better to help them get some more early commitment. Greg, before we get shot out of here, there was a, uh, a question in the Hale Varsity mailbag this week. I've been asking all the guests today, and that's which uh, Nebraska team, excluding volleyball, is most likely to win a Big Ten title first? Uh, I made, a, I think, a very convincing argument for baseball last hour, um, but I, I think Husker football, really not that far off. And uh, Derek seems to think that Husker basketball, not that far off either. Uh, what, what's your take on that? Man, the basketball one is sneaky because it seems so far off. But that basketball is the one I think that can flip the quickest. Um, but I actually really like your pick for baseball. I, I think Mike Babcock also picked ba- baseball uh, in the mailbag. So I think that there, it's, it's baseball – can keep it about local recruiting, right? It's definitely huge in baseball. If baseball can keep guys home, and they have so far um, under the new coaching staff, I think that they could really take a step forward. And the league is not as good and deep in baseball as it is in basketball and football, making that road a little bit easier. Last thought, Greg. We got some warm weather coming to the capital city tomorrow, mid-50s for a high. Please tell me you're going to have something on the grill. Yeah, I think at this point we might just do burgers and do something quick. Um, but I, I could always subject to change that uh, given a, a potential 50-degree weather. My, my, my question is what cheese is, is important on a burger? A lot of people stand by those, those Kraft American singles. I personally think that pepper jack is a good cheese to put on a burger. It, what, what's your cheese of choice whenever you're making burgers at home? Oh, pepper jack is a great cheese to put on a burger. I haven't done that in a while. Uh, if I do we'll stick with what I have, it'll be like Velveeta, sharp cheddar. I do tend to go with that. Um, but maybe you've now talked me into pepper jack because it's been a while. Greg, I, I mean, I hope you pick pepper jack, but I just know those burgers are going to turn out great. Enjoy the weather this weekend and uh, have fun on the grill. All right. Thanks, man. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. 
That's Greg Smith on Hale Varsity Radio. Find him on Twitter at GregSmithHV, getting you all the recruiting news that you could ever want. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hale Varsity Radio Friday edition presented by the Nebraska Lottery just like that. Pretty much the weekend. Maybe it's the weekend uh, wherever you are. I know I still have a few hours here before it's weekend time. Um, for your weekend, though, Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Tomorrow morning, 7 to 9 on ESPN Lincoln for our local listeners. If you're listening across the state, that will be available uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, what have you. Also, HaleVarsity.com, as it's going to be Damon Barr, Will Wilson and myself, Elijah Herbal, in for your Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Should be a fun one. Going to bring that youthful energy that Chris lacks now. Um, that should be just uh, real exciting. I know that I personally have the most energy of any time of my week at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm definitely not usually asleep during that time. Um, but we're excited for the Saturday morning edition again at 7 to 9 here on ESPN Lincoln. Also, this full podcast uh, will be available uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well. Um, and the uh, the top interviews uh, that we had today are going to be available on ESPNLincoln.com. We just heard from recruiting insider from Hale Varsity Magazine, Greg Smith, as well. We got some recruiting recon from him. Also heard from the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. That was to lead off this 5 o'clock hour. And way back last hour, we had Derek Peterson talking a little Husker women's basketball, as well as that topic that we've been hitting on all show, which is what sport is most likely to win a Big Ten championship other than volleyball? Because, I mean, I, I got to put Nebraska down now that this, this series with Wisconsin has been canceled uh, slash postponed. We're unsure at the moment, but... You got to think that they're 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 a good bet to to be pretty good looking in this uh in this this weird season that we have this year in, in terms of winning the Big Ten. You could hope that this uh this little two game series with Wisconsin gets shortened into one, and then if you can get that one win over Wisconsin, a little head to head bodes very well for Husker volleyball. Finish out the show here. Uh, I know we got two segments left, um, but I, I want to discuss something that uh, Will Wilson, who's going to be on the the morning show. Tomorrow as well as he's going to be calling some high school basketball tonight in Class C1 action uh, tonight on uh, ESPN Lincoln for our local listeners or ESPNLincoln.com if you want to stream it. He he posted this morning on ESPNLincoln.com a little blog about possible Happy Gilmore 2 coming out. They discussed it on uh, the the Hooks and Friends show earlier this week. Um, They discussed whether or not Happy Gilmore deserves a sequel. Will is in the boat that Happy Gilmore does deserve a sequel, um, whereas uh, everyone else in the show not so high on the idea of it. But we heard from the, the Dan Patrick show earlier this week uh, that maybe it's possible, as uh, Dan Patrick had on Chris McDonald, who plays Shooter McGavin, and Adam Sandler, who obviously plays Happy Gilmore. They were both on the show this week uh, discussing you know that those viral videos that were out last week uh, for the 25th anniversary of Happy Gilmore. And, and they joined... Dan Patrick and it essentially said they're both in on the idea of of having Happy Gilmore 2 come to theaters. Um, Adam Sandler was was first and he discussed the idea that's been going around online of maybe have Happy and Shooter McGavin play on the senior tour. It has not been discussed, but it certainly has been discussed on the internet. And uh, and uh, that that uh, believe me, that senior tour idea, I would not. It would be so amazing. 
senior tour idea. It's it, it, it's got some possibilities. Chris McDonald, uh, play shooter McGavin, also seems to be behind the idea. I am double in. Yes, <laughs> I would love to do it. Everybody's been screaming for it, like Adam said on the internet, and um, you know, I just don't, I, I I just got to say it would be a complete blast. The senior tour with us too. Oh my god. And I mean, obviously Christopher McDonald is is in because. Do you, I mean, do you think that Happy Gilmore is his most popular film he's ever been in? He's an icon as Shooter McGavin. You saw how just quickly his uh, his his post blew up last week of uh, him hitting that putt and calling out Happy again, and that thing just blew up on the internet. Everyone loves Shooter McGavin. It's one of the most lovable, hated characters in sports. He's a lovable bad man in the movie. Damon, were you a fan of Happy Gilmore growing up? Is, is, was that your cup of tea? Definitely one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies. I, 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 you don't I, have me to pick from in terms of the good Adam Sandler movies. Uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, yeah, top two. But uh, The Waterboy, too. That, 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 okay. I think that rounds out the top or, three. Yeah, there we go. Two out of three your sports movies. I'm curious. But uh, I, I definitely think a sequel here... Um, eh, I'm kind of on the the wavering side of of, of this. I, I don't ruin it while you're ahead. I, I'd say, and there's just too many ways that it could go wrong. Mm. It, it scares me. To me, it's been long enough. I would have been against the idea of a sequel, say, you know, five years after Happy Gilmore's release, because then they're they're still doing the same thing. They're still on the tour. It'd just be another oh, another shooter and Adam Sandler, shooter and Happy Gilmore stories doing the same thing. But now you have the possibility. Of these guys moving up to the senior tour, you can get some of the like the, the golfers that were in the movie originally. Um, you can get those them back on the on the senior tour. The, the, the possibilities there are good, but then you also have the issue of a sequel's never as good as the original. However, I think an intriguing possibility could be some sort of mini series, a, a season on the senior tour. We, we, we saw the success of The Karate Kid. They had their, their movie franchise. And I, I was dubious of the Cobra Kai series. And it's not groundbreaking television in any way. It, it's not the best TV show I've ever watched. But it does keep me entertained. And it's good to get those callbacks back to like my childhood, essentially. Even though The Karate Kid is way before my time. Uh, that was still my childhood, along with Happy Gilmore. That was my childhood. Uh, of watching these movies. And it, it's it's just so exciting to think of the possibility of getting new happy gilmore getting something that can it isn't the same old jokes i mean i've seen happy gilmore four times at least five times it's always on tv you always see it and every single time i see it on tv i go you know what i'm watch happy gilmore for a little bit it's one of those classic movies classic sports movies um probably top two golf movie of all time alongside caddyshack and you can't do a Caddyshack sequel, can, but I, I think Happy Gilmore, the, the, the possibility is there. Can you think of many more golf movies to add to that list? That, uh, that's the thing. The one with Shia LaBeouf. Um, the greatest game ever played. I thought you were going to say Holes. I was like, that's not a <laughs> golf movie. <laughs> no, Shia LaBeouf, greatest game ever played. That's another one from my childhood uh, that I remember distinctly. But ju- just in terms of like the all-time great sports movies, Happy Gilmore is up there. I mean, it's got to be Happy Gilmore, Air Bud. <laughs> uh, what am I forgetting here? Water, but they're all Adam Sandler movies. The Water Boy and 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 uh, and Happy Gilmore. I'm kidding. I was gonna say that they got to be the uh, the greatest two sports movies of all time. That's obviously just not true. Along with the Longest Yard, what the- Adam Sandler is just 
killing it in these sports movies. Because Uncut Gems, though it's not a sports movie, is kind of a sports movie. It's, it's a, a sports betting movie, but and Kevin Garnett's in there. That's a sports movie. D- Damon, Uncut Gems, what was your take? Um, good. My girlfriend got bored, though, so I never ended up finishing it. Uh, she asked me to turn it off. Break up with her. <laughs> Uncut Gems was, it was good to see Adam Sandler in that role. And I, I love Adam Sandler, not for some of his, his movies. Some of his movies are terrible, don't get me wrong. But have you ever seen like the videos of Adam Sandler out playing pickup basketball? Um, people have talked about it. just Adam Sandler like on a pickup court is just awful to play against because he takes it and goes like 110% at all times. He, he is the water boy whenever he's on the, on the, on the, the basketball court. 110% at all times. At, plays like somebody's out there disrespecting his mama. Plays physically. People say they, they go home with bruises after they play Adam Sandler. Can't believe we just filled an entire segment of this show talking about Adam Sandler. Um, but thought it was fun. We'll, we'll wrap up the show after this. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Wrapping up a Friday edition of Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal alongside Damon Barr will both be back in tomorrow morning for the Saturday morning edition alongside Will Wilson. Before we let you go today, got to remind you about our friends over at West Blue Realty. And if you're looking to make a move in 2021, you got to give the real estate professionals at West Blue Realty a call today. Specialize in residential home sales and Lincoln and the surrounding communities, and they will help make your next move a smooth one. And uh, for a limited time only, you can mention Hale Varsity and West Blue will provide you with up to $1,000 uh, in the closing of your next home purchase. Um, but they don't just do residential. They also do agricultural land. They have an auctioneer and can handle anything from live auctions, general land listings, and even sealed bids. They've sold land in Lancaster, Odo, and Seward counties in the past year alone. So wherever you're at, they can handle you. You got to get connected with Tom Luby and Kelly Hofschneider for more details. You can find them down at 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in downtown Lincoln, or you can find them westbluerealty.com. And remember, before you make that next move, ask yourself, what can West Blue do for you? Got a text in from Nebraska Sportscaster of the Year, Jeff Motes. You heard him last night on ESPN Lincoln. Um, and he says, Tin Cup is another great golf movie to watch. I've never seen it personally. Uh, it's rated R, so I, I usually try to stay away from those movies. My, my parents don't let me watch those still. Um, it's a joke. Um, but he says, agrees with me, Caddyshack all-time best golf movie of all time. Now, now, Damon, before we get out of here, we got lovely weather in the forecast this weekend and more great weather coming up next week. So what, what do you have on the docket this weekend? Uh, I'm going to be stay, sticking around here producing some high school basketball. I'll be back in tomorrow uh, with some high school basketball. What, what are you up to? Uh, definitely going to try to hit uh, some tennis courts on Saturday. We got a, a local park that has a nice court. Me and my roommate always try to go down and we haven't been in a while so that'll be fun uh got a little a date night going on tonight so i'm gonna not take your advice from earlier uh we're head, <laughs> heading downtown gonna have a uh maybe a dinner maybe go to a bar or something i don't know now have you ever played racquetball yes are you a fan i am not good not good. See, not good. See, I'm bad at tennis. Racquetball's my sport. My dad put me in, on at a young age because... I'm not saying I'm good at tennis either. <laughs> my, my dad got good, of, good at racquetball before it really fell out of like 
like society, you know, like racquetball, he tells me at least it was more popular back when he was in college. Um, so he put me onto racquetball when I was young and now I always try to find people to play with me. It's always uh, good fun. But this weekend, not sure if you saw this, um, but I saw that they're not sponsored. So it's, it's no free shout outs, but uh, I am still going to mention it. The bar, the bar is putting together a power hour tomorrow afternoon on their, uh, their patio, $2 natty light pitchers starting at 4 PM. And for, for most of the listeners out there, you're probably hearing Natty Light and you're going gross. Uh. But it's $2. I'm going to a bar. That's going to get me one beer. But I'm getting a whole pitcher tomorrow starting at 4. They do increase the price of the pitcher by a dollar every hour. So they want you to, to get there early, obviously, and spend more of your money. Um, but that's really intriguing to me once, uh, once I'm done with high school basketball tomorrow. Just because college student living on a budget. Go out, enjoy the weather, get in the back patio of the bar of the bar. I mean, they're a friend of the show. Chris has done the show from the bar of the bar before, so I think it's okay I, I do mention them, but $2 pitchers? That I, that seems illegal. It is Natty Light. <laughs> I, I just don't know. Like Something about that seems, it's one of those things that isn't illegal, but sounds like it should be illegal. We had fun today. Uh, wrapping up the show, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. You can find us in podcast form. We'll be back at it tomorrow morning, Saturday morning edition, 7 to 9 on ESPN Lincoln.